Are you a follower of Jesus Christ who's done being quiet? Are you ready to tell the world whose you are, totally, fearlessly, and unapologetically? And are you ready to smash that imaginary wall that supposedly divides your career and faith life? Welcome to the C-Suite for Christ podcast, where we talk about living as a disciple of Christ in the world of work. Before we get to the content we have in store for you today, here's a quick word from our sponsor. Let me tell you about Christian Community Credit Union's new Cash Rewards Visa credit card. It has many of the perks you'd expect with typical reward cards. Unlimited 1.5% cash back on every purchase, plus a $200 bonus when you spend $750 in the first three months. But what makes this Cash Rewards Visa different from typical credit cards is that when you use it, you're also giving back to Christian charities. As a nonprofit, revenue generated by using the card goes to building and expanding churches, spreading the good news of Jesus to remote areas, providing disaster relief, giving hope to vulnerable children, ending modern slavery and human trafficking, and so much more. To learn more about Christian Community Credit Union's world-class cash rewards visa, please visit myccu.com slash c-suite. Again, that's myccu.com slash c-suite. Proud to announce that a new group of Christian executives started meeting on Wednesday, June 7th, and this group is looking for additional members. Be the first and only from your industry to join the group. To learn more, visit fuelingsales.com and click on the Nehemiah Groups tab. Well, welcome to the uh, C-Suite for Christ three-year anniversary celebration. My name is Paul M. Newberger. I'm the founder of C-Suite for Christ. Something tells me I'm the only person up here that needs to introduce himself, however. These folks don't need any introduction, but I'm going to do a quick uh, round the horn. So right next to me, actor extraordinaire Kevin Sorbo. Next to Kevin is one of the most up-and-coming Christian artists on the planet, Hannah Kerr. No pressure tonight now, now that I said that. I know, I'm like, man, I yeah. that. And then next to Hannah, Christian music sensation, Colton Dixon. So today, with this uh, VIP session, really what we wanted to do is to give you an intimate look into the faith life of our guests. Not only are these folks that have realized a decent amount of success in life, they've done it by keeping Christ at the center of all that they do. They've been an inspiration to a lot of us, and we're gonna get to know them a little bit better during this conversation. So I wouldn't be a gentleman if I didn't start with you first, Hannah. But <laughs> ladies first, what I'd like to do is, could you walk us through a time when your faith was really tested? What did that look like for you? 
Yeah, I think I've I've gone through a lot of different seasons like that in my life. I'm only I'm about to turn 25, but I I've been a Christian since I was five years old, and so um, I grew up in a great Christian home and had great parents, and um, we walked through a lot of seasons together um, in a way that I I watched my parents model what it looks like to trust God in all seasons. And it wasn't until I kind of got out on my own that I really felt my faith tested for the first time for me, not just through my parents or, you know, as a family, but me personally. Um, When I was in college, I walked through a really difficult time of a lot of health issues. Um, I was having all these strange problems, and I went to all these doctors, and they had no idea what was wrong with me. I had all this blood taken and every test under the sun done, and they couldn't figure out what was going on with my body, and that really tested my faith because I just knew that God could heal me, but he wasn't, and I went through years of honestly suffering and um, that was really a stressful time but I just had to trust that God's timing was better than mine and that I was going to learn something through that through that season of suffering Um, and I really did I learned that he is with us even in the valley moments um, even nearer than I've experienced him in my life in those sleepless nights and um, those times that I felt very low I felt like God was just very close to me Um, And so I I loved him more after I got out of that season. Um, He did heal my body, and he did do a miracle in my life, unexplained by science. I did no medicine or anything. They couldn't figure out what was wrong, but um, he just healed me. I woke up one morning, and I just knew that God had healed me from the top of my head to the tips of my toes, and um, I've been living healthy ever since then. So, um, yeah, my faith was really tested, but God is so good, and I just love him even more now. Um, that I know that he's my healer and my friend. Well, amen. Very well said. Yes. Colton, same question. Can you walk us through a time when your faith was really tested? Yeah, I love how we're just jumping in on we're these questions, in. by the way. <laughs> we not don't you, waste any time at C-Suite for Christ, no. Um, not how, to, how do you get your hair to do that? Um, <laughs> I don't get asked that question. I don't know what you Maybe mean. that's just me. Um, <laughs> for me... Um, Again, kind of like Hannah, I was born and raised in a Christian home, but there comes a time where your faith has to become your own, and um, was on the American Idol journey, and kind of had this this question of, God, are you still here with me? Am I here because this is what I want? Am I here because this is what you have for me? What is that? What does that look like? And I was reading the story of Moses, and um, it's I love I love Scripture so much because it's God's personal love letter to the church, and. Uh, he, t- he promised Moses that I will never leave you nor forsake you. And he was talking to me in that moment. And, and uh, just that reminder and that encouragement that, man, no matter what we're walking through, no matter how dark or lonely it may seem, God is there with us. Um, we just have to get out of our own way to realize it sometimes. Um, so in that moment, that was, the, that was the thing that really kept me going, was that promise that God gave to um, some other guy thousands of years ago um, that impacted me in that moment. So, yeah. Well, I like how you phrase that, too. Scripture is God's love letter to the church. Yeah. It's a very nice way of, of saying that, but it's also very appropriate, so I appreciate that. Kevin, based on our conversations, I know you're no stranger to some trials and tribulations, especially based on your time in Hollywood, so what, what would you say would be one Holly, of your... Holly, Hollywood loves me. Yes, <laughs> yes. Kevin is a four-letter word in Hollywood, oh, yeah. I believe. yeah. They use it in golf. <laughs> yes. So how about you? Well, what would you say was one of those you know, times when your faith was really tested? I'm, I'm going to really talk about that tonight. I don't want to repeat that right here, right now. I mean, there's places in there. I agree. I, I, I'm going to talk about the health issues that I had to go through as well so I can relate to what you're going through and went through. Um, 
I'm going to talk about really, there's I wanna, two things real quick. One, I want to talk about something that really bolstered my faith. When I was 13 years old, our church went to see Billy Graham speak. I grew up in Minnesota, and we was at the St. Paul Fairgrounds, and there was 250,000 people there. I mean, it was like just outside. It was, it was a hot August night. It was amazing. And for whatever reasons, when he finished speaking, he called up. He's got all the volunteers in front like they normally do. You want to come and pray, talk, whatever. I stood up and go. I went there. I was like the last guy to raise my hand in class. So it was a big thing for me to walk down there. And I was taught, we're sitting on the grass. We're talking. We weren't praying. We're just talking. He was getting to know me. I was getting to know him. He was 30, so like he was really old to me. I was 13. <laughs> and I take 30 in a heartbeat and I'm 25, trust me. <laughs> so it's like, where did the years go? And um, all of a sudden, a hand went on my head. I turned around. It was Billy Graham. And his head was perfectly covered by the full moon behind us. We had this, oh, glow on his head. And I told that story. And uh, Chicken Soup for the Soul does paperback books. It was the only time they did a hardcover book was his story. He heard me tell that story on the Larry King show. They called me up and said, would you write that story? And I wrote the story. And they put it in as one of the 101 stories. After the book came out, just coming out, Billy Graham's people called me and said, would you be willing to go out and do the publicity for the book? Billy Graham would love you to do that. I was so honored, and they just flew me all over to do publicity for it. So it was like an amazing moment in my life that really, you never forget something like that when you're 13 and get blessed by Billy Graham, you know? So, and I know his son Franklin pretty well. I've gotten to know him through the years. So to me, that was something that really helped get it through. I mean, through my 20s, I know I went through sometimes. I was, got a little wild. But I never left that foundation because I did the same thing you guys did. I had parents. I had a very strong foundation built from my parents. Uh, I grew up in a Lutheran church in Minnesota, and uh, it was just, you know, th those things never really went away from me. I never stopped believing. I maybe had questions, but I was always there for my faith. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. Powerful stuff. One, one of the things that I, I really want to unpack here a little bit is the word doubt. And I think all of us go through doubt from time to time. Am I, am I good enough? Am I talented enough? Am I going to be able to achieve the things that I aspire to achieve? And sometimes, speaking only for myself, I could watch a movie by a certain somebody and say, ah, Kevin Sorbo's got it made. Or I'd listen to the songs from Hannah and Colton. Well, if only I could be more like them, life would be a little bit better. I mean, we all struggle with doubt from time to time. Colton, even despite all the things that you've achieved, all the success that you've had, how do you overcome doubt when that voice starts to creep into your brain? Yeah, um, it's, it's not always easy in the natural, but in the supernatural, it is easy. Um, because faith isn't in what we can see. Faith is always in the things that we can't see. So even when your circumstance, your situation looks rough or it looks bleak or look like there's no possible way, um, we serve the God of the impossible. And uh, we serve the God who ma always makes a way, even when it looks like there's no way. And that's where faith comes in. Um, again, it's, I'm sure it sounds, oh, sure, it's so easy to say, a lot harder to do. Yes, you're correct, exactly. Um, but I love that, again, Scripture paints it so clearly for us. I think it's us who overcomplicate it. it. I'll speak for myself. It's me. I overcomplicate it all the time when really it's like, you know what, even though it doesn't look like it here, whether it's a sickness or um, paychecks not coming through or whatever. Last year, it was the paycheck not coming through. It's like, what in the world are we going to do this year? My wife and I are new parents to twins as well. So awesome, amazing during last year. But then also with COVID last year, I wasn't getting to do my job. So it was like, Lord, how are you going to do this? Um, but again, when we come with faith, he comes with the miracle. And that's what I love about God. He wants to bless us, but sometimes you've got to reach out and take it. You've got to take him up on his word. So um, 
I don't know how to sum that up at the end, but there you go. Yeah. Those are my thoughts. Well, I mean, what I was going to say, too, is you can tell why he's such a sensation behind the microphone. You're so poetic. You, you just got a really wonderful way of describing these things. And I, and I think you, you summarized the, how to tackle doubt very well. So we appreciate that. Hannah, would love to ask the same question of you. I mean, when you've experienced doubt over the course of your life, how have you fought back and overcome that voice? Yeah, I think for me, I notice a pattern in my life whenever I'm struggling the most with doubt. It's when I have not been prioritizing being in the word. Um, I just feel like, I'm like, man, God feels so far from me. I have all these questions. And then he's like, well, have you spent time with me lately? Um, because I have an answer for all of your doubts. And um, the, the closer I am to God, the less I, I struggle with that doubt. And I'm somebody, my personality is I, I want to know all the information. Like I, I, w I went to college for biblical studies and I studied the Bible for four years and like I wanna know all the information, but um, I found a lot of just rest and peace in, in being close to God and just spending time with him. Because um, we can know all of the information and all of the truth, but until we really trust the one who's giving it to us, um, it's, it's hard to apply it. And so for me, it's being in the word and being close to God and just making sure that I'm prioritizing time with him um, because my doubts tend to get further and further away when I'm closer to God. So for me, just being with him. Yeah, and I think Colton said it in the initial question. We talked about how your faith being tested. You said it's, I mean, sometimes it's, make, it's easy to make it sound simple, but it is quite simple. Are you spending time with me? Yeah. Are you talking to me? child I'm here I mean are, are you seeking me out and I, I agree with the scripture I mean I, I like to call it armoring up in my day if, if I start my day in scripture yeah. I'm putting on the armor I'm putting on the breastplate I'm putting on the helmet and my days always seem to go a little bit better when I armor up yeah. but at the end of the day at the end of the day when one of those days don't go so well Oh, yeah, that was the day I skipped scripture. That was the day I was a little too busy. So I, I think it's very well said, and I think there's a lot of truth to that. Kevin, I do have a different kind of question here for you. So what? outside, I got to admit. I was all prepped in my mind. Yeah. Well, you're the, you're, the, you're the elder statesman of the group, so I, I, I figured you had some experience in this area. But aside from a Bible character, so you know, not God, Jesus, even though you know, those people play a central role in our lives, aside from a Bible character, who is most responsible for your personal faith formation? So you can't say Jesus, is that what you're saying? Yeah, I mean, right, right. Outside of I that. Think, I, I think Moses, just because, you know, the Old Testament and all that. And a lot that was really heavy with my parents and the reading of the Bible every day at, in, at home. You know, we're homeschoolers, and we do it every morning with our children. Um, they're now 20, 17, and, and 16, my boy, boy, girl. They're awesome. And um, enjoy these years when they go so fast. I get it now, you know. <laughs> parents, I get from my parents. We know we all, I'm the fourth of five, and I know that my parents feel that same way. But... Um, I just think uh, it's, it's important to, uh, you know, have that in your life and your family and just do it every day. Uh, by number one, start, make your bed every morning, guys. <laughs> it's a good way to start the day because getting something done and you're getting that ball rolling, you know, but it is, it's true. Otherwise, it's just, it's, it's a good way to start the day and you've done your first thing of the day and then look in the mirror every day and say, I'm getting better, I'm getting stronger. Say it out loud in the mirror until you believe it for the day. Because people give, I mean, we can blame God, we can blame the world for all the problems that we got. The reality is you got to look in the mirror. Cue Michael Jackson's song, Man in the Mirror, okay? And just it, take responsibility for yourself instead of blaming God, family, friends, and the world for your problems. We all have problems. We're all going to have roadblocks. I'm going to talk about roadblocks tonight. 
how do you deal with that when that happens? And uh, I just, you know, I just remember everything, you know, you read everything in those first, in the Old Testament, you know, Moses, those are the words from Moses that God poured through him. And th- there's some amazing things in there. And I always joke that, you know, the pretty angry God. I remember telling my pastor, God seems really angry in the Old Testament. He had a kid in the New Testament. He mellowed out a little bit, I guess. <laughs> but it was, didn't seem quite as angry, you know. <laughs> I'll stop flooding things, okay, you know. But it's, 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 um, it's, it, it's, good, it's good to read the Bible. There's so many. Just open it up. You don't have to pick out a particular place. Just pick out one chapter. I've got atheist friends, agnostic friends, and I say, then do the grateful prayer. What's that? And I go, you can be in your car stuck in traffic in L.A., and you're sitting there for hours to drive 10 miles. Be grateful you got a pillow. Be grateful you got hot water. Be grateful for things in your life. We keep forgetting about that. We just get so caught up in our own world in this fast-paced world we're living in right now, and we forget to be grateful for things we do have. We just focus on the negative, and that comes from the power of Hollywood and the power of television, movies, and the mainstream media. And we got to fight past that because there's a lot of interference out there blocking the positive things. There's just negative, negative, negative. So I probably segued, but that's just me. That's why I'm going to have notes upstairs when I get up there because, trust me, I will go down whatever road happens. Well, say with all the previewing you're doing of your speech, man, this is going to sound like a pretty nice talk here. we got a lot of nice stuff to look forward to in a Yeah, I might make so. some people angry, but I'm not that politically correct. So anyway. All right. Lots of good stuff coming sounds up. Good, Hannah, how about you? Same question. When you look back over the course of your life, maybe outside of a Bible character, who is most responsible for your faith formation? Um, I would probably say my mom, um, both my parents really, but I think especially my mom. Um, she has always made time in her life to pray for her family and friends. She has this closet that she has in our house. She watched the movie War Room. I don't know if you guys have ever seen it, but she was very inspired by that movie. And she created a little prayer closet in my brother's old room. And she is up there on her knees every day praying for our family. Um, she keeps records of God's faithfulness. Like when a prayer is answered, she writes it down. Um, and so I just have always been in awe of her faith and the way that she makes time um, to really pray because prayer is powerful and it works. And we just don't make time to do it enough, I think. And so I've always just admired her faith and her wisdom. Um, she's just someone like when you get around someone that you know really, really knows Jesus, you just want to be with them. And that's how I feel about my mom. She just really, really knows Jesus. And um, I just aspire to be more like that. Yeah, what a blessing it is to have somebody like that in your life. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure that I would not be here today without the prayers of my mom, for sure. Sure. No, that's a great story. Thank you. Just so I could take him off the hot seat, I'm going to throw you a curveball for this one, oh, too, Cole. You, you were no prepping. Bible I saw it. I was prepped. I saw the gears turning. Yeah. All right. So, but, but I do want all of you to weigh in on this one. Because so, so you hear Hercules up here talking about, you know, what his speech is going to be. One of the things that I'm going to talk about briefly, because you want to hear them talk, not me, is, you know, the future of Christianity in this country. And it, and it just seems like we're losing future generations. It just seems like they're based on the secular influences, based on what they see in pop culture. It, it, it's, it's tough to capture their imagination. So I, I'm sure if we had the answer to this, we would have done it already. But Colton, my first question for you, just based on your experience being a rather younger guy yourself, how do we bring future generations to the Lord and not lose them to secular society? Wow. Um, just you guys had no idea it was going to be this started. deep. No idea. See, see, you get to go third, so you get to think about it. You know, um, I I saw it at the beginning of last year. Um, I see the light becoming lighter and the dark becoming darker, and God warned us about this. Um, 
I think it can be a good and a bad thing. To me, it's real obvious when the enemy's at work. Um, last year, he was real busy. This year, he was real busy. Um, but I, I think it comes down to um, not being ashamed of the gospel. Um, you gotta t- you got to take a stand. Um, there are a lot of lukewarm Christians out there. Um, they're probably going to be... I don't mean to offend anybody. There's probably going to be a lot of lukewarm Christians in the room tonight. Um, my personal goal with what I do is not just to um, give people an escape or give people a good time. I want to challenge people. I want people to grow. I want people to leave different than they were when they walked in the room. And and um, if we do that one, I don't know how many people we have tonight, but one packed out house at a, at a time, that's what I'm going to do. Um, but I think it boils down to um, not being afraid to take a stand because, man, the enemy seems really loud. But my favorite analogy of what the devil is is at the end of The Wizard of Oz, they, they pull back the curtain and they see that the wizard is just this puny little guy who's, who's got a really loud megaphone, you know, audio system, and, and that's it. It's just smoke and mirrors. That's all he's got is smoke and mirrors. And uh, we've got We've got God on our side. We've got the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords on our side. So why in the why in the world would we be afraid to take a stand? And so that's something that gets me motivated and pumped up um, to be like, you know what? Like this is what I believe, and I'm not going to be ashamed of that. And and if you don't agree with me, that's okay. Instead of shouting at each other, let's have a civil conversation. You know, um, I'm segueing too. <laughs> but um, there's so many things packed in this question. Um, ultimately. Uh, when you think about it, when you think about something like how do you change the world, which is basically what you're asking, um, that can seem really overwhelming. But whenever you apply it to even just what I do as a musician, you do it one song at a time, and you do it one one show at a time, and you just, I pray, God, use me tonight. Use me however you see fit, and uh, I'm here, and I'm willing. Let's go. Let's do it. Have your way, and uh, I just pray he actually does it, which he does. But uh, you have to get out of the way, and you have to allow God to work. Okay. Somehow, Colton, Colton got a hold of my speech. So I love that we're sitting on the oh, same. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, I'm gonna co- trust me. I'm gonna cover that. But I, I love what you just said. We have the same same wavelength going, which is fu- which is awesome. Cool. But what I love about what, what Colton said, among other things, was the the perspective readjustment that goes on. I mean, when you say the word Satan, when you say evil, I mean, you get certain images that pop in your head, and usually those aren't good images. But when you think of smoke and mirrors, when you think of that uh, little wizard behind the curtain who doesn't look so intimidating. Here's a better one. Chihuahua. Chihuahua. Fine. We like that. Chihuahua. Yeah. yeah I, I think that's a much healthier way of looking at it. Yeah. So thank you for that, Colton. Hannah, same question. What, would, what do you think needs to be done to ensure that we don't lose future generations to secular society? Yeah. I, I love what Colton said about just doing it one song at a time, just not not trying to do it all at once. Um, for me, like seeing social media and being kind of young and watching the rise of TikTok and all of these things, I really think at their core, what people want to hear are stories and that's what they care about. And so to me, I can think of stories throughout my life where people have said, this is where I was, this is where God met me, and here's where I am now. And that impacted me so much. Um, Even just last weekend, we were out with this guy named Ben who shared his story from the platform, and we were all in tears backstage together, just in awe of what God had done in his life. 
and I felt so excited. I felt like I could go run a marathon. I am not a runner. Um, but like after that, I was so excited to tell people about what God had done in Ben's life. And it just occurred to me, like, I need to be that excited to tell other people about what God has done in my life because he's done amazing things. And I really think that if, if all we do tonight is stand up on the stage and tell people about what God has done for us, then that's probably more impactful than any verse that we could fling at them and hope that it just sticks. It's like, no, tell me what God has done in your life. And that's what's going to change people um, to make them open to even hearing God's word. Um, I just think we're we're getting further and further away from people being open to hearing John 3.16 or Bible verses because they're jaded toward them, but people will always be open to story. Um, so share your testimony and share it with the people just in your circle. You don't have to share it with a thousand people to be impactful. Like even just one person matters so much. Yeah, and I think there's so much truth. Yeah, absolutely, right? Yeah, there's so much truth into what Hannah said. I mean, some people just feel like they have to be biblical scholars. Some people feel like, well, I have to have a, a, a rebuttal for every single objection that I hear. You really don't. But if, but if I'm Kevin's friend, if I admire Kevin, if I care about Kevin, and I say, I want what Kevin has, just tell me why you've chosen this. Yeah. Just, just telling your testimony, telling your why, that, that your story is incredibly impactful, and I think that's very well said. Kevin, same thing. I don't know if I'm stealing any more thunder from your speech, but, but what would you say we'd have to do to secure future generations? Were, were you just coveting me? Maybe. I don't <laughs> okay, know. <stuck>. Possibly. <laughs> um, parables, stories, right? Jesus spoke in stories. He didn't speak in Bible verses. I think that's, what, I think that's incredibly important to be able to do that and tell you stories. Um, prayer. There's power in prayer. Whether you do with one person or a thousand people, there's power in prayer. I'm going to tell you a story. Um, three years ago at this time, I was still living in California. I live in Florida now. And um, I was in Indianapolis at a prayer breakfast. And I got there the night before. I got in kind of late. And at, uh, I was speaking with um, um, Steve Hobby Lobby. Steve Green, thank you. The Green Steve family. Green. The Bible. Bible Museum. Please go to D.C. to see it. It's un You can't see it in a day, trust me. <laughs> But anyway, we're both speaking at the prayer book because next day, I wake up very easily. Three o'clock in the morning, ding, I get a ding. It's my wife saying, we have to evacuate now. The fires were coming through California every, every, every day. So I'm freaking out. I, lived, I live between LA and Santa Barbara. I'm like 45, 50 miles either side. And we live in the mountains in there. So I'm screaming. I turned the TV and I was just like groggy. I was like, I was going crazy. Of course, the local TV wouldn't have it. So I find, oh, yes, get on my computer, turn on KTLA, Channel 5. It was right there. So they're showing the fires. And... They're showing a helicopter going over the over there. Said so we're over in Thousand Oaks in Westlake Village. Now I'm screaming, show the streets! I'm screaming at the thing. He said, the guys, maybe we should lay the streets down. They lay the streets down, and there's my dead in the street. We have seven homes, three homes totally engulfed in flames. Wind blowing 70 miles an hour to my house. I got a hold of my wife. They got they got out in time. They're staying with friends about 20 miles away in Simi Valley. I called up. She goes, there's nothing we can do. That morning, I spoke early. I said, can I speak first before you, Mr. Green? I got to get home. There's not, I know there's nothing I can do, but I got to get home. So they had 2,000 people there at this prayer meeting. They t the guy, before I get on stage, I was down in the green room, had told them, unbeknownst to me, that I was going to speak, that I had to get home because of the, the thing. I get up there, 2,000 people stood up and prayed for my house. I lost it on stage. I said, how am I supposed to talk now? I mean, literally, I just broke down. 
I get on the plane, I fly home, I tried to get there, I couldn't get there. They, they said, cops said, no, no, can't go, you got no smoke everywhere, it's unbelievable. Next morning, I buzz around the back while I get up there, motorcycle cop zips up, hey, you can't, oh my God, you're Kevin Sorbo. <laughs> I love your, I, and he loved the faith-based stuff. I stood there looking at my house, I was just shocked it was still standing. I looked at him, I said, I'm sorry, I just, I'm just gonna get some stuff out of the safe, my wife didn't have time, I'll get out of here right away. I didn't leave, I stayed. Um, I get to the house, I walk around, and the back, the fire came within three feet of our house and went around the house. The house next to me on the other side burned to the ground. My house stayed. The two houses on either side of me down to the ground. It jumped the 101 freeway, burnt another 13 miles all the way down to Malibu, right to the ocean. So don't tell me there's not power in prayer. That's so it's good. unbelievable. Wow. Unbelievable. Wow. And um, we've been looking to go to California for a while. And so we had a for sale sign there already. And a guy drives up and he says, look, I, just, I lost my house. I want to rebuild. Um, can we rent your house for two years while we rebuild? My insurance company said they'll pay triple your mortgage if you uh, would let us have your house. I looked at my wife, I said, we're moving to Florida. <laughs> so, and during that time, they ended up buying the house as well. So I was grateful just to get the heck out of Dodge. But I mean, there's power in prayer. And that's what I say more than anything else. It's just, just pray, we can, we can save this world. I went to Europe last, two years ago with my kids before the whole COVID thing. We're traveling through, I had three speaking events. Uh, I, I had one weekend in Vienna, one in Munich, one in Belgium. I told my wife, let's take the family, let's go. Because I lived for three years in Europe and it had been years since I've been, I've been back. So we're going to the churches. They're museums now or they're discotheques. Talk about a secular part of the world right now. And we're headed that way. We're going that way in our world right now. But over there, it's, it's like gone. They, people don't go to church anymore. It was just sad to me. These beautiful four or five hundred year old churches are now discos. It's just really weird. Well, thank you for sharing that, Kevin. And I would say that would be one of the big takeaways of the night, if nothing else, the power of prayer. Never underestimate the power of a prayer. We have a few minutes left before we wrap up this portion of the VIP. So one of the things that I kind of want to dive into, and you've heard us talk a couple of times about the importance of Scripture. The importance of prayer and Colton you kind of talked about lukewarm Christians there's a, a number of people that identify themselves as Christians but they don't open a Bible I think there was a, a study that I saw I'm kind of paraphrasing it but the average adult in this country spends around 30 minutes a year in the Bible that's not a lot obviously and but when you look at it, a Bible a Bible can be somewhat intimidating and if you just open the Bible and start going through, if you open up to the book of Leviticus, what's this about sores and what do you do? I mean, it's, just, it, it, it's, not, it's not overly appealing sometimes <laughs> if you start in the wrong area. So what I would be interested in is if we just kind of go around the horn, and this will be the last question I ask, Kevin, starting with you, what was your favorite scripture and why? Whether it's memorized look, or not, no, no. just to give us an idea. No, I've got, like, look, this is interesting because... Are we I'm, in I'm sync a, tonight or what? I'm going to give... I'm gonna give two of my favorite ones when I speak tonight, okay? But a friend of mine just sent this to me, and I thought, this is, and I don't remember this one, and I fell in love with it right away, so I'm gonna read it. It's from Ephesians 6, uh, verse 12, it's because it fits so perfect where we live right now. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual weakness in high places. And that nailed it for what I'm going to talk about tonight, too, because we live in such an angry, hate-filled world right now. And as you mentioned, Colton, the powers of Satan, the powers of evil, the powers of darkness sucking in all the light right now. And um, this thing really hit me, and it's just become one of my favorite new verses. 
and I just I just got it literally an hour before you guys picked me up to come here, and I thought, okay, this is this happened for a reason, and it fits perfectly into it. It came in from Lieutenant Dan Rooney, if you know who he is. He does the Folds of Honor. He raised a lot of money for people who have lost their loved ones over in Iraq and Afghanistan. He's an amazing, amazing guy, and we do a charity golf event every year. Go online, Folds of Honor. Please donate. These are people that lost uh, their father or their mother in the war. And it's to help their kids get to college even. I don't recommend college in America today unless you go to the right one. There's only a few good ones. So, um, but uh, they raise $18 million at the golf tournament, a one-day golf tournament. It's incredible. So there you go. Your turn. <laughs> I'm trying to pick one. Um, I think lately it's been Isaiah 12, too. Um, it says, surely God is my salvation. I will trust in him, and I will not be afraid. The Lord himself is my strength and my defense, and he's become my salvation. For me, that just kind of sums up everything. Um, I deal with a lot of fear in my life, and knowing that I, I can trust him and not be afraid. Um, the Lord is my strength, and he's my defense, so I don't have to worry. Um, that's just meant a lot to me this year, 2020, 2021. Um, I have to say that one. Um, my favorite verse that I always keep coming back to is, 413. Um, I could do all things through Christ who gives me strength. But um, I kind of interpreted your question in a way. I think it's for someone who maybe doesn't open their Bible often and it looks intimidating, I think a great place to start is the Gospels. Um, just pick one. Uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John. They both c cover very similar things. Um, we talked about this a couple weeks ago, um, but um, watched a TV show called The Chosen. And um, if you've not seen it, it's free. You have no excuse. Um, it's so good. Guys, <laughs> I so weep good. every single episode. It is so good. And it portrays Jesus the way I know Jesus. He's relational and he's funny and he's kind and caring. And um, yeah, even just it, it follows the life of Jesus as he is picking the 12 disciples. And these, these guys are not... They don't have it together, to put it very nicely. Um, they're the outcasts. They're the weirdos. They're the, I'm like, hey, that means I could have been a disciple. How cool is that, right? Um, but just to watch Jesus interact with these people um, has brought so much life to the Gospels for me. Um, so those have been my favorite scriptures as of late. Even just experiencing them through this television show has just been incredible. Yeah. I got to jump in again because I think I don't, I don't have to speak tonight. They are talking everything about I'm talking about tonight. I've worked with Dallas before, so oh, we're, we're gonna, we're, I'm going to talk about that. And we're going to talk about the fear quite a bit as well. Amazing. But what's, what's amazing about what you just mentioned with, with The Chosen, it is there is no reason not to watch it. Trust me. It's, it's, it's an amazing. And they own nothing to Hollywood. They, they got, they're independently funded just by fans of the Bible, and that's how they did it. And they just raised $20 million for season three. So they're, and they're, they're based down in Dallas, Texas now. They've got a great studio down there. Great, the set is all from there. Um, I have to give a plug. I have, coming out Easter, I have a uh, documentary coming out. Um, I did a documentary with the same group of guys earlier this year. It's called Before the Wrath. I highly recommend it. BeforeTheWrath.com was the number one documentary for five months. Deals with the rapture. But the one coming out Easter is called Eating with the Enemy, and it deals with the Last Supper with the 12 disciples because we had Doubting Thomas and we had Judas, right? Yeah. I think it's a great title, Eating with the Enemy, and it'll be out Easter. So I hope you guys watch Absolutely, that because yeah. it, deals, sure it deals with what The Chosen is all about, which will lead up to that, that final, that Last Supper as well eventually. Yeah. Very yeah. cool. 
Well, I got to tell you, speaking of very cool, this has been very cool. As the founder of C-Suite for Christ, I was just hoping, I hope I didn't fanboy these three too much. I'm just glad I got through this over the course of 30 minutes. But gosh, what a, what a blessing you three are. And, and this night is just getting started. But thank you for giving us an intimate look into your life. Thank you for sharing your words of wisdom uh, with us. You're a blessing to us. You're a blessing to millions of people all around the world. How about a round of applause for our esteemed guests today? So just so everybody knows, here's how the rest of the day is going to move forward. So uh, I know Hannah and Colton need to jolt here for a quick minute to uh, take a look at some musical stuff. Uh, Hannah's going to come back in a little bit. Otherwise, Kevin's going to stick around. This is uh, time to meet and greet. Time to come on up, say hi, shake some hands, and exchange some pleasantries. So this VIP section here, this is going to go until about 545. So you can take your time. There are some refreshments in the back. But uh, yeah, enjoy some fellowship with each other. Enjoy some fellowship with our esteemed guests. If you want, as you go down the hallway here, we've also got several merchandise tables. So if you want to look at some of Kevin's movies, some of his books, we've got some clothes and some other nice trinkets from our musical guests as well. But have at it. We're, we're, it's wonderful to have you here. Thank you for blessing us with your time. And we're going to put on a good show for you. So God bless you. Thank you very much. Need a trade show display, a lobby renovation? Heck, how about help with an event that you're hosting? Captivate Exhibits can do it all. Plus, they're an outspoken faith-based organization that puts Christ first in all that they do. Ready to captivate the attention of the masses? Then check them out today at CaptivateExhibits.com. That's CaptivateExhibits.com. Thank you for joining us on the C-Suite for Christ podcast. People everywhere are thirsting for Christ. Our goal is to cover the world in Christ using hope, encouragement, and God's nourishing words. We hope you'll join us. Please visit csuiteforchrist.com and come back soon for more conversations centered around God's endless love for us all. I saw you in my dreams before I came here. I will keep you in my dreams when I leave here. I won't forget you, no, 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 no. I won't forget you. You're like one of a kind, and my eyes light up when I think about you. I won't forget you. Life goes on and on and on.